What up, motherfuckers? How you doing? Me? Oh, I'm terrible. I recently had a death in the family. So, uh, I know it's been quite a break in between the episodes here recently. So, just want to get out ahead in front of that and address what's been going on with me personally. See, my aunt died. She was battling stage 4 cancer. I'm not really sure which form of cancer. Um, Obviously, it was going to have a really long name, and I'm not really sure exactly uh, what form it was, which I should know, but yeah, so the unfortunate passing of my aunt and the impact it had on my family, especially my mother, um, and I just had to be there for them. I wanted to show uh, her some support because she took it really, really tough, like she did not handle it very well at all. It was her closest relative, her closest sister. She called her a second mother because um, she's much older than my mom. She was always there for her. My mom battled cancer herself about 10, over just over 10 years ago. It was colon cancer. And she got through it. Um, you know, she, t- she tries to take care of herself and tries to stay on top of it. But this really freaked her out, you know, because she's constantly worried about it coming back. And, you know, it does happen. So the funeral was just the other day. I saw some family that I hadn't seen in over 10 years, which is crazy. Um, the last time I saw them was my grandmother's passing. And it's just crazy to me that the only time we see each other is when something tragic like this happens. Actually, one of my cousins, he went up and he had some words. So he goes up to the podium and he basically, on top of his condolences, he makes it a point to say that why do we wait for someone to pass for us to get together like we're a family we should be with each other more often you know because life is short he didn't say all this but um now just going into my thoughts life is short it really is and we're only separated by distance and it's funny because we all live in the same city we all live in las vegas nevada and this is not a really big city Uh, and even if it is a big city it's still not an excuse so um i just wanted to get that off of my chest this is an audio log after all i know it's kind of lame to just get all personal and nobody wants to hear that shit but um you know just wanted to get that off my chest one time Now, let's get with the shits. Welcome back. It's your boy, Martin. Let us crack a mic one time and push out another audio log. This is numero 17 on August 15th, 2017. Headlines. Um, This happened recently in Charlottesville, Virginia. So right off the bat, you should know what the fuck I'm talking about. The white supremacist rally that took place and it got violent as fuck. What's crazy is that they did all this. In the name of Donald Trump, basically, because Donald Trump, his words, his policy, everything about what Donald Trump stands for empowers this rise, this sudden rise, this sudden spike of racism and bigotry. It's fucking sickening. These people are monsters. They're not they're not human beings. How can you think that you're better than another race? How can you think that the land that you live on? belongs to you or your race first of all if you're not a native american you're a fucking immigrant okay so if you're white you're black you're brown you're yellow it doesn't matter your shade it doesn't matter we're all immigrants and we're all people at the end of the day like we're all people 
one is not inferior or superior to the other that's fucking crazy talk get your head around it you're not better um and i'm i'm a minority both of my parents are immigrants i'm first generation american just for context my father is mexican my mother's nicaragüense so they're both immigrants from uh, latin countries i was born here in las vegas nevada i'm first gen so i mean that's my angle on it but let's just get into some of the deets if you will so how does this start on august 11th it was a friday um and just quick shout out to al jazeera that is where this information is coming from um it, the rally was called unite the right so what the fuck the right to what i mean they make it it's like a it's like a victim mentality that they have how the fuck are you a victim here it's actually described as one of the largest white supremacist events in recent u.s history it was organized by jason kessler who was a former journalist he so he has a platform he's had a voice and they gathered again the next day and this is where it got violent um around afternoon time this was declared a state of emergency by the city of charlottesville what happened was a speeding car it was a dodge challenger i don't know really that that's relevant it rammed into counter demonstrators you know because obviously they want to denounce this shit and they want to condemn them and the dodge challenger fled the scene but was located shortly thereafter by police so that's good but why did this happen why why is this still happening it's 2017 like what the fuck now all of a sudden you've got this clown in office and you have suddenly the balls to act all high and mighty and righteous well i mean you're these people are the complete opposite they're nothing they're scum they're fucking that's their abominations to the human race it's incredible and I can't believe this is still happening in this day and age. It's um, it's funny. I had a back and forth on Twitter with uh, a recording artist. Not that it's really relevant who they are. Just that they do have a platform. The person meant well. It was just a really clumsy way of looking at it that this person had. If you follow me on Twitter, ZXLDIVXR. If you follow me on there, then you'll know the back and forth. But just a, a quick rundown of how this went down. Um, they were basically saying that as white people, they have a responsibility not only to condemn this, but to do something about it because white people are responsible for this form of racism, you know, KKK, neo-Nazis, all this is because of white people. Now that kind of rubbed me the wrong way. I think it's unfair to paint all white people with this brush of responsibility because those white supremacists and, and racists and bigots they just happen to be white, but it's not on all white people to feel some sort of guilt or to feel responsible. But I'm coming at this from my minority angle, and it seemed like a really clumsy uh, take on this. I wanted to try to get where he was coming from, and maybe he meant something else. Uh, so what else is everybody talking about at the water cooler? What are we all talking about? We're talking about Conor McGregor, Floyd Mayweather. That is uh, coming up very soon, if you don't already know then get familiar because this is one of the biggest events in like basically entertainment and sports august 26th here in las vegas nevada that's gonna go down and it's still crazy i still can't wrap my head around this an o and o mixed martial arts fighter is gonna go toe to toe with one of the greatest of all time one of the goats in boxing not that he's a good person Floyd Mayweather is a terrible person, but you got to respect the skill. You got to respect the legacy. 
49 and 0. He's seen it all. Now, don't come at me with Connor's youth, you know, that left. That is actually inspired by this fucking hilarious meme on the front page of Reddit right now. Go find it. Go to Reddit and it should be on the front page. You can't miss it. It's fucking hilarious. It's huge right now. It's a back and forth, like a Game of Thrones scene with one character taking the Floyd angle and then the other character taking the Conor McGregor nut hugger angle. One is actually making sense and the other one is just complete. Not, I'm not I'm not doing it any justice. Just go see it. It's fucking hilarious. So yeah, don't come at me with, you know, Conor. He's got a, a style that you can't be trained for his his youth, you know, his his He's a southpaw. But anyway, I say all that to say this. Pauli Malignaggi. I had not heard of this fighter before until the press tour. He was on the broadcast team um, representing the boxing side across from Brendan Schaub, who was kind of taking the MMA side. And, you know, there was a little bit back and forth on um, what's what. And this is the first time I'm hearing of Pauli Malignaggi, former champion. He retired somewhat recently. You know, he's going to be the expert here in boxing. But apparently he is um, tripping. So during Conor McGregor's training camp just recently, there was talks of Conor McGregor getting the better of Pauli Malignaggi. There was talks about a knockdown and whether it was a push or a, or an, a legit knockdown or a pushdown, who knows. And he's basically trying to cover his ass and saying, you know what, leak the footage, put it out, put out all 12 rounds and so what happens none other than dana white he drops the footage on his instagram so go check that shit out i think it's his ig i'm not really sure you see a legit knockdown by connor and polly just getting kind of lit up a bit polly uh goes on to try to cover his tracks after the footage is dropped and pretty much says that it's edited and looks really stupid trying to cover it up i guess none of this really matters because at the end of the day this is all about hype and boy, is it working. Holy shit. After all that, all I could think of is how wrong I was about Conor McGregor's skills. Because I was thinking that Conor wasn't really going to stand a chance. If he did, it was a lucky puncher's chance in maybe the first few rounds. But then after seeing his legitimate skills, he actually might do better than I formerly anticipated. Because if he can do that to a champion, a former champion, I guess, in Pauly, then he can hang maybe with Conor McGregor. And I've doubted him before. And I was wrong each time. I've always doubted him because not that he rubbed me the wrong way, but I was more familiar with his competition than I was with him. And he just always seems to get it done. So I'm done doubting him. So he went from a 10% chance to a 20% chance, which I think is generous. He doubled his chances in my book. But enough about that. I've covered that at length, ad nauseum. Let's move on. Okay, so if you don't know by now, I've mentioned it before a couple of times. My favorite show of all time, hands down, Halt and Catch Fire. This little tiny show that nobody's ever heard about, nobody watches, nobody talks about. It's hardly ever really advertised. There's barely any promotion behind it. Until recently, I actually, where are the most eyes right now? You know where it is? YouTube ads those fucking videos that you have to watch before the video that you actually want to watch That's where most of the eyes are right now in my opinion at least because most of us spend our times either on YouTube or Netflix Netflix thank God doesn't have any ads. So I've been seeing ads and promo for this show 
coming up in its fourth and final season. So what's this show about real quick? I'm going to run it down. Quick synopsis, if you will. This team of minds, brilliant minds, come together to push technology to the next level. It starts out in the 80s. Um, you have this visionary, then you have this brilliant engineer, and then you have this prodigy. So they, in season one, they want to make the next PC because IBM is killing it at the time. So they want to make something cheaper, faster, better. The tech behind it is actually not the main focus. Obviously, it's the time, it's the era, it's the setting, it's the what, but it's not everything. It's a character-driven show. The actors, they just, they're just so well put together, the chemistry. I have almost next to no negative things to say about this show. So that's season one. They try to make the next PC. I'm not going to give away how that goes down or how it ends. In season two, it's about apps and the games and connecting people and the story of the underdog. I guess pretty much every season is an underdog angle on this, but season two really emphasizes the, to be corny, the can-do spirit, if I guess, if you will. Um, and then season three, that is a little bit darker. Um, the cast gets a little bigger. There's more to it. There's more betrayal. There's more love triangles. I mean, because they have to have that angle. And I really don't mind it in this story because it's done so well. You grow to love these characters and hate others. And then in the next season or next few episodes, um, you feel sympathy towards them and then they might become your favorite character. So I'm not really sure what's happening in this fourth season I've, I've tried to keep myself in the dark and not watch too many trailers and and watch too much promo and watch the details on every episode or because there's a lot of shit out there if you look for it but i've kind of kept myself in the dark because i just want to be completely surprised i have an idea about where it's headed but there's a bunch of new characters being added some obviously have developed and they've done a 180 from season one or two so i'm i'm really interested in seeing where this goes and how it's going to end because again they're going to wrap this up put a bow on this series and that is it my favorite show of all time is legitimately going to end officially going to end um but it is what it is this is one of those gems this is going to be one of those cult classics get familiar yeah so i think that's going to wrap this up thank you for tuning in hit me up on my social media zx ld iv xr twitter instagram soundcloud it's all the same and then mediocre all-stars all three platforms as well so once again it's your boy martin and i'm out peace bitch